What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Thursday, August 11th. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And I am Josie Duffy Rice, and this is What a Day, where we're waiting for inflation to cool off even more before we go to the grocery store to stock up on tons of vegetable oil. Apparently, vegetable oil prices are even more affected than other foods, which didn't realize based on the prices of absolutely everything else in my grocery store. I noticed because I bought vegetable oil this week as a true American. <laughs> On today's show, we recap some of the important outcomes from Tuesday's primaries, plus the trial begins over the pictures LA's first responders took and shared of the helicopter crash that killed Kobe Bryant in 2020. But first, yesterday, former President Donald Trump invoked his Fifth Amendment rights, declining to answer any questions aside from his own name from New York Attorney General Letitia James's office during a scheduled deposition. Yeah, who's surprised? There have been so many Trump stories, lawsuits, investigations, and the news over the past few days, years, decades, some may say. Can you tell us which part that this particular questioning fits into? Yes. So there has been a lot to keep track of, but this is part of the three-plus-year-long civil investigation by the New York Attorney General into whether Trump and the Trump Organization misled authorities about the value of their hotels, their golf clubs, and other assets. So Trump has been calling this a partisan witch hunt, you know, pretty much par for the course there. But this is not connected to the FBI's search of his Mar-a-Lago home that happened earlier this week. That was done in search of classified documents that he reportedly brought with him after leaving the White House. But of course, he's claiming that all of this is part of a larger conspiracy against him. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no surprises. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying all the Trump buzzwords. Like I really am. Witch hunt, conspiracy. Okay, so tell us more about what happened yesterday. Like, how did this all go down? Shortly after the questioning started, his office released a statement saying that he'd invoke his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination and not be answering any questions. You know, it was a day-long interview. It seems that he pretty much declined every single question. And back in 2016, when he was campaigning, he basically said that if you were innocent, you know, why would you take the Fifth? But he seems to have had a change of heart, clearly. In his statement yesterday, he said, quote, now I know the answer to that question and doubled down on his witch hunt refrain. I do not think Trump is innocent for a second. No. I do think that what he is going through right now is similar to what a lot of people go through, where they think that it can happen to them, and then it does. And that's what makes you realize, like, there is a reason for the Fifth Amendment. It's interesting to see him talk about like, wow, law enforcement can be corrupt. It's like, no shit. Yeah. We've been having this conversation. Right. Pull up a chair. Right. I don't think that like he's innocent and being railroaded, but I do find the kind of anti-law enforcement discussion very interesting coming from these. Yeah, from these people. Like, this is the same guy who told police to be meaner. Right. Remember, he told police to be like harder on suspects. Real change of heart when it's him in the hot seat. Real change of heart. But yeah, so this wasn't really expected. You know, people thought he was going to talk. Some of his advisors told him to answer these questions. But there definitely could be an advantage to him keeping his mouth shut. While this investigation is civil, 
uh, and the New York State AG can't file criminal charges against him. The Manhattan DA's office has been conducting their own parallel criminal investigation. It's about the same thing, you know, whether or not Trump inflated the values of his properties. And if he said something potentially damning in this deposition, it could have counted against him there as well. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if I were Trump's lawyer, I would tell him not to say a word. A word. Don't say anything. I think like the public deserves to know. But if I were his legal advisor, I'd tell that man to be quiet. Okay, keep us up to date with what's going on at Mar-a-Lago. They were raided earlier this week by the FBI. Do we have any more details on like what they were looking for and why they were raided right now? Yeah, so we actually have a few more details. So according to two senior government officials who spoke with Newsweek, they remained anonymous. That search of Mar-a-Lago was based on information that the FBI received directly from a confidential source who was able to identify which classified documents Trump is still hiding and even the location of those documents. So the officials also said that the search was timed for when Trump would be away from Mar-a-Lago because they didn't want him to use it as some kind of photo op or turn it into a media circus. It definitely has still become one, but... Totally understand their instinct there. We have like years of Trump legal drama ahead of us, if not decades. <laughs> that makes me feel a lot of different ways. But <laughs> so I feel we'll be having this conversation about more depth. Yeah, we'll be here for a while. Yeah, well, this will keep going. Okay, so turning to another story we're following, jury selection began yesterday in Vanessa Bryant's lawsuit against Los Angeles County. Vanessa Bryant, as you may know, is the widow of Kobe Bryant and the mother of Gianna Bryant, both of whom were killed in a helicopter crash in January of 2020. The suit claims that the behavior of some of the first responders, most notably deputies in the sheriff's department, violated Vanessa Bryant's rights when they shared pictures of Kobe and Gianna's dead bodies. I mean, like, absolutely right. disgusting, Horrible. unfathomable behavior absolutely. by law enforcement officials. Yeah. Shocking, but not surprising, I suppose. Right. Exactly. Can you tell us a little more about what these sheriff's deputies allegedly did? Two days after the crash, Joey Cruz, a deputy sheriff in L.A., was at a bar talking to a bartender. And you can see on the surveillance footage from the bar that he's showing his phone to the bartender. And then he's like motioning in a way that, according to the L.A. Times, was meant to, quote, indicate the nature of the injuries. And then he leaves and the bartender tells this other guy who's in the area about what he had just seen. He's like, that was a sheriff's deputy. He showed me pictures of like Kobe Bryant dead, basically. That man, Ralph Mendez, was so upset by what the deputy did that he contacted the sheriff's department via their website and informed them that this deputy was going around showing random people pictures of dead people, including children, right. who had been killed in this horribly tragic accident, right? Now, that was in addition to another deputy showing the photos to some video game buddies, which is in addition to what happened three weeks later when a captain with the L.A. County Fire Department showed photos of the crash to other firefighters at a banquet. At a banquet. Very extremely weird behavior. Extremely weird behavior. Not socialized properly, just very strange. Definitely not. Uh, one of those firefighters' wives reported the firefighter. Okay, so these photos are, they're going around. They're right. making the rounds. Right. And it's very clear that this is not right. Like several right. people like are turning around from their conversations and are right. like, not only am I going to probably talk shit about this person and be like, this is crazy. I'm going to report them to an authority because it's right. that wrong. Right. So after the guy at the bar and after the firefighter's wife report this behavior, what ends up happening? Yeah. So pretty much right away, the head of LA Sheriff's Department, Alex Villanueva, he sees Mendez's message. And then Priyanka, like he immediately takes accountability and the deputy is fired and everything is okay. No, that's not what happened at all. I'm kidding. <laughs> 
obviously. Absolutely. That would make way too much sense. So what actually happens is that Sheriff Villanueva reaches out to the deputy and two other deputies that work for him and tells him that if they delete the photos, there will be no consequences for their behavior. He doesn't, like, ask who they sent them to. He doesn't let the Bryants know that this is potentially going to leak. He doesn't do any of that. He just says, like delete the photos from your phone, and we don't have to talk about it again. But according to the lawsuit, at least 28 deputies and 12 fire personnel received the message. And so many of those people did delete the pictures from their phone after they heard from their bosses. But there's almost no telling how many people they had already sent it to. Right. And they don't have to delete anything off their phone. Exactly. Like, they're not in this workplace. Like, right. what a terrible idea right. to enforce this rule. Right. And, you know, it's curious, Priyanka. Many of the phones involved seem to have either been lost or replaced or erased. Isn't that weird? It's not funny how that happens. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That's suspicious. I have questions. I have questions. Many. Okay. So, according to Vanessa Bryant, you know, what is the legal issue here, is it illegal to share crime scene photos like this? Well, it actually wasn't at the time. Now it is illegal. There was a law passed in the fall of 2020 as a result of this that made it a misdemeanor if you're a first responder to share photos. But at the time, it was not like a crime. But the trial that started yesterday is a civil suit. It's not a criminal one. And so basically, Vanessa is saying like the dissemination of these photos caused her enormous emotional distress. And she right. wants the county to be held accountable for what they did. The sheriff, of course, claims that like, he did the right thing because Bryant has never seen these photos and they were never leaked. Like he's sort of like all's well that ends well, right? Um, They can't have possibly caused her emotional distress. But as Bryant stated, quote, for the rest of my life, one of two things will happen. Either close-up photos of my husband's and daughter's bodies will go viral online or I will continue to live in fear of that happening. That says it all, right? I mean, this poor woman lost her husband. She lost her child. And now she has to spend the rest of her life wondering if she's going to sign online one day and see their dead bodies because some sheriff's deputies, like, couldn't behave like humans. Saw a celebrity and took a photo. Right. It's disgusting. I get a full body, like, shiver every time I see this. I mean, and are these the people that you want patrolling your city that are like, okay with like taking photos of someone's dead body and then showing them to a bartender? Like, I don't want you on my payroll. No, absolutely not. And this is like far from the only misconduct that this office has seen lately. There is a lot going on here. So tell us more about what we're dealing with, who these people are. Yeah, no, it's not the only misconduct. And let me tell you something. We have discussed this before, but like we couldn't cover all of the misconduct in this office, right? Like, we, there are not enough hours in the day. Yeah, no, we don't We don't have nearly enough time. No, we don't. The L.A. County Sheriff's Office is the biggest sheriff's office in the country, and it's notoriously corrupt. It's been that way for years, and it's even worse under Sheriff Villanueva, honestly. Um, he's currently up for re-election. What are my thoughts about that election? Oh, we all do. We yeah. all do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just a couple of things that have gone wrong in that department recently. Just yesterday, a deputy was indicted for sexually assaulting four girls between the ages of 7 and 13. And this is the same sheriff's department that literally has gangs in the department. I mean, I'm not using that as a euphemism. Like, actual gangs in the L.A. Sheriff's Department. Um, there was a terrifying report about this by the local news outlet, Knock LA. And it's just absolutely worth checking out that report. We'll link to it in the show notes. It's nauseating and just unbelievable. I would also recommend signing up for journalist Jessica Pishko's newsletter on sheriffs. You can find it at sheriffs.substack.com. It's really the best thing out there covering this subject. And we'll put a link to that in our show notes as well. So we'll keep you up to date on this current trial as it proceeds and the countless myriad outrageous other things that this department has been accused of. Truly. But that is the latest for now. And we'll be back after some ads. 
What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S., with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. President Biden signed a bill yesterday that expands health care benefits for veterans who were exposed to toxic burn pits at military bases. This legislative victory is personal for Biden, who lost his son, Beau, to cancer years after he had been deployed to Iraq. This law is estimated to help over 3 million troops and ensures long-term treatment for illnesses that veterans contracted from fiery pits created to dispose of chemicals, harmful toxins, and more. The Justice Department charged an Iranian national for allegedly plotting to assassinate Trump's former national security advisor, John Bolton. To refresh your memory, Bolton is a warmongering conservative who pushed for regime change in Iran while serving in the Trump administration. According to court papers unsealed yesterday, the plan was said to be in retaliation for the U.S., killing a high-ranking Iranian commander in early 2020. The suspect was charged for plotting a murder in exchange for money and for helping plan a transnational killing. Here's Bolton's reaction to the plot, and specifically the economics of it, on the Situation Room with Wolf Blitzer last night. The suspect put a $300,000 price tag on your head. What goes through your mind, Ambassador, hearing the details of this plot as explained today in great detail by the U.S. Justice Department. Well, I was embarrassed at the low price. I would have thought it would have been higher, but, you know, I guess uh, maybe it was the exchange rate problem or something. (laughs) How depraved do you have to be to, like, immediately your first thought is just like, I'm not worth enough money? Honestly, okay, how little money would it have to be for that to be your first thought? For me, personally, wow, I've never thought about this. Like, if it know. were less than $100, maybe that would be my first thought. That's my that's my two cents. Josie, you are worth more. Thank you. That is all I have to say on this topic. Thank you. <laughs> all right, series headline coming up next. So we are raining it in. The government of Sierra Leone imposed a nationwide curfew yesterday following two days of deadly clashes between anti-government protesters and police. People living in the West African nation have been unhappy with the rising cost of living. And on Wednesday, hundreds of demonstrators in the capital, Freetown, called for their president to resign, even though he still has 10 months left in his term. As of our recording time on Wednesday night at 9.30 Eastern, Reuters reports that two police officers and one civilian have died. The curfew went into place starting at 3 p.m. local time. 
Abortion will remain legal in Wyoming while a lawsuit proceeds against the state's so-called trigger law, which banned the procedure in most cases soon after Roe was overturned. A county district judge in the state granted a restraining order against the ban last month, citing the harm it could do to pregnant people and their doctors. That order expired yesterday, but the judge ruled to extend it. She also wrote that the lawsuit against the ban is likely to succeed since the ban appears to violate Wyoming's constitution. Well, good news for now. Yeah, great news. Primary elections were held on Tuesday in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Connecticut, and the ancestral home of the nation's most progressive ice creams, Vermont. True. A few takeaways. In Wisconsin, Lieutenant Governor and recent PSA guest Mandela Barnes won the Democratic primary for U.S. Senate, setting him up to face Republican Senator and misinformation super spreader Ron Johnson in November. Johnson's seat is one of two Republican-held Senate seats in a state won by Joe Biden that is in play this year. It is currently rated as a toss-up. Also in Wisconsin, we learned he'll be going up against incumbent Democratic Governor Tony Evers. It is Trump-endorsed businessman Tim Michaels who beat out his Pence-endorsed rival Rebecca Cleefish. Whether Evers or Michaels wins in November will determine the future of voting access in the state with its Republican-controlled legislature and conservative Supreme Court. In Minnesota, Representative and squad member Ilhan Omar beat out her moderate primary challenger, Don Samuels. The race was a little close for comfort, though, with Omar winning by just 3,000 votes. Elon Musk did the tech oligarch version of a fundraising bake sale late last week when he offloaded $7 billion of stock in Tesla. So he's prepared in case a judge forces him to buy Twitter for $44 billion. Too many billions, honestly. Much too many. Musk previously said he would never do this. He sold about $8.5 billion worth of Tesla stock in April, but said he wouldn't dip into the old electric car piggy bank any further to fund the Twitter deal. But... His mind changed. This latest move, which happened on Friday but was reported yesterday, indicates Musk may not have the utmost confidence in his case against Twitter. He did say that if he's able to wriggle his way out of the deal, he'll buy back his Tesla stock. You know, this feels like a womp womp situation. Like, I really don't feel that bad for him. You know, you brought this on yourself. You're the one who started this whole mess. So sell your stock. I don't feel bad for you. Honestly, anybody that has seven and a half billion dollars of stock to sell, I'm like, eh. On top of the eight and a half billion that they already sold. And like, I'm assuming he still has more. In their own company. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, no, hard to have sympathy for him. He's also just like not a great person. So there's that too. Elon Musk struggling. Doesn't make me sad. I don't feel bad about it. You know, I don't feel bad. I'm not out here like taking pleasure in it, but like I'm not sitting here sad about it. No, I'm not losing sleep. I'm not losing sleep. There's that. Yeah. And those are the headlines. One more thing before we go. I have a brand new newsletter on the way. I started it yesterday. It is called The Unnamed. Yes, its name is The Unnamed. And it is all about the criminal justice system, the South, media, and more. So sign up now at theunnamed.substack.com. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, buy cookies from Elon to help him buy Twitter. Don't do that. And tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just vegetable oil prices obsessively like me, What A Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at cricket.com slash subscribe. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And know know your your worth worth in Hitman Hitman terms. terms. What's your price? What's your price? Be sure you can name it. Think about that. Take a second right now in your car doing your morning routine, wherever you are. What are you worth? What a Day 
is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine and Raven Yamamoto are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producer is Leo Duran. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.